Welcome to this podcast series from Hexagon Wealth. In this series, we will talk about all things wealth, worth, and well-being. We will deep dive into each of these topics, know what they really mean, and understand from our experts on how to live in abundance. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all the related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory. Hello and uh, welcome to this podcast series from Hexagon Wealth about all things wealth, worth and well-being. Today, our guest is Shrikant Bhagwat, Managing Director at Hexagon Wealth. Hello Shrikant, good to have you on the show. Hi Kiran, pleasure, thank you. Wonderful. Super. So today's topic, we'll deep dive into wealth, about what is wealth and uh, all the things that we ever want to know about wealth and perhaps uh, uh, nursing a few myths as well. So Shrikant is here to throw some light on it and uh, hopefully bust a few myths for us and give a healthy direction for us to be wealthy and have it in abundance. So Shrikant, uh, to just start, let's uh, set the base. How do you personally define wealth? And normally when we think about wealth and you ask 9 out of 10 people, they'll say money. What is your personal definition and does it go actually beyond the financial resources? Yeah, great one. You're right. Uh, for most people, it is money that is the definition of wealth. For me, I think money, I see money as an enabler. It's an instrument alone. So having money, having wealth, is something that I need for me to get my goals done. So there's an end objective in mind and money is just the instrument and path for it. Holding money for itself has no meaning for me. Money is an enabler to attain goals and maybe money as an enabler to enjoy the finer things in life at times. This is what wealth uh, means to me personally. And yes, beyond financial resources, if you go back to our Rig Veda, the Rig Veda actually defines the types of wealth. And the Rig Veda says that there are 16 forms of wealth or 16 forms of Mahalakshmi. Okay. If I were to talk about these 16 forms, they are actually fame, knowledge, courage and strength, victory, good children, valor, gold, gems and other valuables, grains in abundance, happiness, bliss, intelligence, beauty, higher aim, high thinking and higher meditation, morality and ethics, good health and long life. So you see, all these are different forms of wealth and maybe only one of these is what we practically or colloquially see and take as wealth. Yeah, one by 16 we got it right. That's it. <laughs> There's so many other things to do and accumulate. Wonderful, wonderful. There is a song as well, Dhana Lakshmi, Dhanya Lakshmi, Vidya Lakshmi, Adi Lakshmi, Santana Lakshmi, Dhari Lakshmi, Vijay Lakshmi. All of these are forms. Those are the eight forms of life. Eight forms of Yeah, Ashta Lakshmi. And actually there are 16 forms. Right. Wonderful, wonderful. In, any idea where did the transition happen? Wealth is equal to money and other things. I mean, concept of wealth. How did it evolve over a period of time? I think uh, looking back, uh, though I could not have traveled back in time, I am imagining from accounts of history and what has been written to us okay if you place yourself as a caveman all the caveman had to do was get up in the morning go forage for food eat come back and sleep produce children 
and that was it wealth for a caveman or what was valuable let's not even talk about the concept of wealth but what was valuable for a caveman was hunting implements warm clothing maybe something to make fire with and a cave that was it all very tangible and uh, i don't think he had any option of accumulating wealth he could not store meat he could not store vegetables because any of them would go rotten so there's no concept of hoarding and wealth was limited to being able to go and survive somewhere along the line as man evolved became more intelligent and i think a major point would have been domestication and settling down instead of being a nomad when uh, the early man began to settle down and then he started maybe bounding land and saying okay this land is mine for me to grow something on and uh, possibly he would say okay these goats are mine these cows are mine and the more goats he had the more cows he had the more land he had the produce could be more and uh, wealth the formation of wealth i see would be happening converting this to something that was distributable and fungible i think happened only just before the early common era somewhere then somebody discovered coinage making coins all right and then suddenly the coins could be distributed the coins could go around and uh, wealth began to get distributed in a manner and as uh, adam smith would have uh, said the ability to produce is what defined wealth so it was the countryside that defined the wealth of the town if you could not grow anything in the countryside the town was poor okay else wealthy so this is tangible yes and uh, can a person be wealthy by mind yeah i think this is a great evolution that we are seeing from something that was not distributable not possible to hoard and accumulate to something that was distributable fungible okay and now from very very tangible forms of wealth i think we have evolved to even more intangible forms of wealth one way of seeing this is intellectual property okay that's an intangible form of wealth so that uh, the knowledge part what you are talking about is actually yes the knowledge economy has uh, become a very very large component i do not know maybe it has overtaken the others but if one were to look at the balance sheets of the large companies across the world clearly the component of intangible wealth or intellectual property has become larger and larger and become considerable so we are talking about the knowledge economy and you know various forms of wealth what does mindset play in accumulating wealth all right i think it plays a lot the key word here is accumulation you need not accumulate or you need to accumulate it could be that stage of life you are going through different stages in life and there's always a stage where you need to begin accumulating for future needs and you reach a point of time when you use up what all that you have accumulated and either you need not accumulate or you do not have the ability to accumulate so accumulation is a key word here somewhere along the line when you are accumulating greed could come into play that is to do with the mind you wanting to look at what others have rather than what you have could come into play that is comparing yourself with the neighbors and okay the neighbor has a bigger car so i should go get a bigger car the neighbor has a bigger tv so i want to get a bigger tv so in these modes mindset play plays a big role if one is able to retain a sense of balance and confidence and looking internally then you may not be able to get into this mode i'll tell you one way to take greed out of the equation is clearly the process of financial planning which is what we do for all our clients the financial planning process takes you through an exercise where you delineate and demarcate your goals 
how much will they cost at what point of time and then work back and have a clear process of accumulation once you know that you are accumulating for what you need and you're comfortable in that greed may possibly not play a role or there's a reduced probability that greed comes into the equation because security has been created you're secure in the view that what i'm earning is enough for my goals if not the process of accumulation you may keep on running and that could definitely stress you out when you're accumulating more than what you need but you're sacrificing a lot in between you're sacrificing health you're sacrificing relationships you're sacrificing the enjoyment of life in the pursuit of something that you may not need yep so me getting a good amount of time available my doctor when we both spending together so i'm a wealthy man basically very Right, wonderful. Time, I think, is an underrated form of wealth. Yeah, very interesting. How should one actually go about planning? Let's say someone is right out of the college. What's your advice to the person to look at life like and to be truly wealthy? I think building up ability would uh, have a primary status. So, in the early stages of career, you need to fortify yourself. You need to strengthen yourself with the skills required. to retain your ability to earn and maximize your intellectual capability so focus should be on developing intellectual strength developing capability and using that to leverage earning later that's the strong foundation which you can build correct one of the biggest problems that i have seen clients facing as they approach retirement or post retirement now they have enough money they have enough time and they do not know what to do <laughs> so it's like landing up in hell yeah. for somebody who's devoted his life to career so at some point of time one has to think of building other passions apart from career so these hobbies passions are what are going to fill up your life later on and you might as well start early with that and figure out what is it that you're connected to besides your career that's that sounds easier said than done but how would one prepare oneself for that it has to be very conscious uh, decision to say okay let me look for another avocation apart from work what else and you need to experiment you may like singing you may like dancing you may like photography and for somebody like me i like riding so you find something to do and you possibly would want to experiment with a few things and then double down on those two three things that you would like to do forever but that open mind has to be there yeah just a note for our audience that shrikant is a bit biker if you want to catch him alone uh, maybe weekends is a good time Uh, so what was the longest bike ride that you went for i've been to all the four distant points of the country i've been to the east coast the west coast the southern tip and the northernmost parts of the country there you go okay <laughs> so uh, whether it is trankobar on the east coast or uh, run of kutch on the west le in the north and uh, rameshwaram on the south Well, uh, yeah, I visited all these points on the motorcycle. Amazing, amazing. A lot of cultural and uh, societal attitudes also kind of uh, influence the wealth creation. And uh, when we look at around the world and understand various perspectives, I mean, you just spoke about uh, around India, but when we look at things around the world, 
uh, what are the different perspectives you have noticed and is there something that we can imbibe or learn i think so what becomes very evident is the different cycles that societies are part of different cycles that their own countries are part of you will be surprised to see that so many nations are in different life parts of the life cycle somebody a country that is there in an advanced life cycle would be america or europe somebody approaching mid cycle is a country like india or china and the african nations are still at the beginning of their life cycle so as one goes through this cycle one can equate it with becoming more and more prosperous this prosperity is what can change the thinking of society if you are looking at the poorer nations they are still looking at subsistence india thankfully has gone beyond that and we are a country who's saving well investing it well growing it well and uh, we are on our way to well on our way to prosperity i would say europe and america are already prosperous nation and some of it may already be on the decline actually they may have reversed cycles we may be approaching the peak or the early stage of reversals but these are evident in their in the way societies behave so let's look at how european approaches life to how an indian approaches life the european is far more keen on exercising and keeping fit and traveling and taking their vacation for the indian this is still way down the list the more important part is working building a healthy foundation of wealth and i think america continues to be highly capitalistic i don't think they are changing course but the impact of this intense capitalism may be telling on the society okay and i think we are yet to see the effects of this in the coming de- decade or so we spoke about culture and societal but there is a familial influence also on on wealth creation and the way we think about wealth what's your advice for our audience what kind of conversation should they be having with the next generation in terms of how to think about wealth and the uh, passing down the responsibility i think the current generation of youngsters maybe the earlier to some extent are the first that we are seeing in many decades who have confidence arising from security we have seen the knowledge based economy take over india and it has uh, spawned the prosperity that we are enjoying now so unlike one generation older who had to struggle to build wealth and accumulate and live the next generation is able to leverage on the knowledge and intellectual capability and build far more wealth so that has become a security or a safety net for the next generation the next generation does not have to worry about having a roof above their head or having a job or basic needs they well beyond that you are actually seeing the effect of that on entrepreneurship again entrepreneurship creates wealth so there is a link there right you are seeing more entrepreneurs in india than before why they are not afraid of failure their sense of security ability to take a risk has gone up in india just like the uh, youngsters in advanced nations where they are free to go pursue the arts or pursue entrepreneurship or do whatever they want so it's no longer just engineering and medicine for the children to study today they are looking way beyond their palette is very very wide and some of them are creating wealth in the form of arts right? which is also a form of wealth okay some of them are creating wealth by providing employment and monetary wealth and creating large businesses which we are seeing all over india has the largest number of a very large number of unicorns okay maybe not the largest but then we are very well going up there at the rate at which we have been progressing last few years all this is wealth and so function of the prosperity of the nation the safety and security and confidence which the next generation get so this is how society is being transformed and the older generation is playing a role there in supporting the younger generation 
and enabling them and allowing them to go do what they want and realize their potential with the younger generation also becoming more prosperous than the older generation uh, the thinking has changed on intergenerational transfer of wealth it's amazing we are seeing this happen so in prosperous knowledge oriented families where the older generation has uh, accumulated good amount of wealth more than what they need the younger generation are confident of doing their own accumulation of wealth they are not worried about the parent passing on the wealth to the next generation they are saying you can do what you want mom or you can do what you want pa don't worry about leaving wealth for me this is a huge shift and it's a very healthy shift interesting okay my only worry is the identity with wealth should remain strong the value of the wealth should not get underrated so so very interesting i think it's not a one generation thing ever the influence of the past generation would definitely be on the on future generation and how to think about wealth and how they act yeah so when you say how to think about wealth uh, i think this is where value systems play a big role how uh, families should be conversing about wealth internally which is what you were also asking uh, yes uh, i'm afraid that has to play an important role and it may not be getting sufficient role if you are seeing economies growing quickly economies are also growing because of consumerism and consumerism can be unbounded and we see that in some of the youngsters who spend very very liberally parents may say that hey i never had this thing let my children not constrain themselves let them spend liberally spend whatever you want but that has a negative effect later on because they will never have understood the value of the wealth there has to be a balance there has to be a conversation about the value of wealth how hard or how tough it was to accumulate that wealth the younger generation should understand it not have to pay for it but they should understand and there have to be forms in which the younger generation can understand the value of money getting away from instant gratification children tend to i mean tend to get pampered by parents and allow this instant gratification to happen there i think there has to be some control i try to have that conversation with my daughter but within 5 seconds she tells me don't lecture me <laughs> i'm done with it <laughs> if you don't mind from your personal experience can you tell what was the conversation you were having with your children i think more than conversations it is practice so conversations could turn into lectures and the younger generation which is far more smarter than us may find it overbearing okay to get lectured on i think practice is a greater better way of uh, doing it and uh, how better can it start by uh, actually allowing them to experiment with money experimenting with money is a big term pocket money is a more colloquial term it's true there's nothing different but when you give them pocket money how they use it how they account for it how they spend it how they save it are lessons that could come out of it how saving some of it can allow them to buy bigger things later on how accounting for it will help them to know where they're spending and how to save if they want to save and the third s in this spend save the third s is share okay so i think these three s's are what should be the practice that should be inculcated that's that's very interesting let's stay with the thought that uh, show and tell uh, then talk about it in so many words digital money has spoiled the party for most of the parents like me of course when i was saving when i was a child then when i see those notes i put in the book then i could feel that i'm saving mm. and uh, for the current age children they don't see money yeah they just spend money but they don't see money and the sense of saving is not there and the sense of spending is also not there because it's not going from anywhere 
for example if i give 100 rupees and go get fruit person gives a change then you actually see it and feel it that okay i've spent so much money and i should save it here there's nothing right go scan be done with it now with the with the cryptos and the digital money coming in how is the entire concept of wealth uh, evolving around us so on one side kiran i mean this is an amazing uh, transformation that we as a society are undergoing and at one level i worried that we may get disconnected from wealth because it is digital it is not tangible okay we can't count it we can't stack it we don't know how much is left when we have spent something i'm thinking uh, to be on the optimistic side this is what our generation is going to face and not the next generation because we are in a transition mode we are used to tangibles and not intangibles and i'm hoping optimistically hoping that uh, the next generation is actually going to understand whether it's in a digital form or whatever form that there's x amount of it left after having spent y amount and are able to budget themselves accordingly yeah yeah amazing we started the conversation with saying something tangible a person and we are entering into this amazing economy called usership where people don't want to own anything they just want to use use phone on subscription use a laptop on subscription stay in rented house so everything is usership there is no nothing called ownership so so we might see a world which is virtual wealth and of course the the knowledge and the skill is is, is on one side but everything else is becoming you know intangible fuel i'd like to take a different take on this okay. look at a different angle the world has seen a, a long period of peace and prosperity i doubt in history that we have seen such a long period of extended peace and prosperity if you are looking at recent headlines you may not think so or maybe it's coming to an end possible so renting or usership versus accumulating is a result of prosperity and peace no disruption when i am not owning and i am thinking that i can continue to get whatever i want whenever i want by paying a small price it is from the angle of perspective of abundance to continue if there is a break on that then there'll be a rethink at which point of time ownership may trump renting we spoke about greed how about ethics i mean how much wealth is good wealth and when where do we draw the line how do we know that time to draw a line in the sand and say this is it how you accumulate and then how much to accumulate the difficult one actually i've seen very very few people who said okay this is enough very i possibly can count on my fingers okay so that still leaves billions of people who do not <laughs> practice this at the first level we are always looking at how much we need our needs can keep changing my need may be a one bedroom house then my need evolves into a two bedroom house and then it evolves into a bungalow and then a farm house all of them are needs at different points of time so that is the challenge where do you draw a line if you can afford it i see no harm in extending your needs if you cannot afford it is where the problem comes so one should be able to understand the limits of the abilities that one has and live within those bounds when these limits go beyond those bounds i mean when you cross these limits is where the problems occur and you may end up sacrificing a lot of other things in the pursuit of accumulating wealth how you accumulate matters a lot so when you ask about ethics from where i come that is more important than the end how you do things than the destination is important have your principles in life follow those principles they're very basic don't break the law don't break your personal law when you're doing what you're doing 
then you'll be able to live comfortably with the wealth that you have accumulated or it's going to come back and bite it's going to come back and plague you at some point and then it's too late to undo having more wealth is not bad i come across people who think that it is not desirable it is what you do with that wealth that matters if you are able to put that wealth to good use go ahead accumulate more because you are going to do something positive with it if somebody had not funded uh, the early entrepreneurs of uh, any of these companies i mean we won't have seen a google we won't have seen a facebook and so many things right these names come at the top of our mind but yeah only because somebody had more wealth than they needed and decided to put it to good use are we seeing so many developments are we seeing philanthropies bill and melinda gates foundation why because they have more wealth than they need and they've decided to put it to good use to help humanity so what's wrong with that what's wrong with having accumulated that wealth then so the philosophy of the more you give the more you get works with wealth i think so lakshmi as a concept should not be in present <laughs> okay uh money has to flow it's like blood if blood stops flowing the body dies so wealth has to flow for the economy to live and survive and go hoarding is not an option <laughs> awesome this is is really good so shikant any final words of advice or leave the audience with i think all that we've spoken of today can be very easily summarized in our tagline wealth worth well being the initial stage of wealth can be done through financial planning you know how much you need to achieve your goals in life once you know that it is possible a feeling of security comes in and that security gives you confidence to do better in your career so that is the wealth stage having achieved security and confidence you explore different aspects of life you are trying to unlock other parts of your brain which you had not paid attention to which gives you a feeling of self worth so proper wealth planning gives rise to self worth which makes you a better human and once you have achieved self worth or you are looking at self worth do you think of the greater community and start giving and sharing that fetches you the best happiness which causes well being that is wealth worth and well being the progression that we aim all our clients to go through wonderful wonderful so is it right to expect when i meet a wealth manager next that let's go beyond money let's let's think about life at large when we plan for the wealth definitely so kiran and i think you'd be lucky to find wealth manager who's thinking in a holistic manner who's thinking way beyond the material aspects of money and helping somebody to live their lives to the fullest extent yes that is what one should look for wonderful with that note thank you so much shrikant it's been extremely insightful i know that we have a series lined up so audience if you want to know anything specific if you have any specific questions drop us a note and we'll definitely respond to you in the subsequent podcast thank you so much shikant wonderful having you great welcome thank you for tuning in do drop us a note if you want to hear more on this from our experts or have any clarifications the contact details are given in the description until next time remember all that matters is wealth worth and well-being